The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Nina Willen. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Mary Mahoney. Mary is a wound ostomy continence nurse at Unity Point at Home, where she and her WOC nurse team use their expertise to consult and collaborate with field clinicians providing care to patients in their home via telehealth. She is also adjunct faculty with the WebWalk Nursing Education Program. Mary is the past president and a board member of the Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing Certification Board. She has presented at national conferences and has authored several articles for the Journal of Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing. Today we are going to be discussing uh, telehealth and the WOC nurse role specific to that. Um, Mary, thank you so much for joining me um, to talk about this uh, cool area of nursing. Thank you, Nina. It's great to be here. So we'll dive in and first uh, have you explain what is telehealth? Telehealth is the use of technology to bring healthcare, uh, patient and professional health related education, public health and health administration. It's the use of technology, either it's electronic information or telecommunication to bring healthcare out to the public. It's becoming increasingly important to be a part of the American healthcare infrastructure. So what is the difference between telehealth, um, telemedicine, telecare? Is there a difference? There is a difference, although the terms are used interchangeably for the most part. Telehealth includes a broader perspective. It's the surveillance and health promotion and public health functions, whereas telemedicine involves the specific use of electronic communication and software to provide the clinical services to patients, whether that's in person, uh, an in-person visit with telemedicine to like a remote rural area, or perhaps it's also a non-clinical service, such as providing education or administrative meetings or continuing medical education. So telehealth is different from telemedicine because it refers to that broader scope of remote health care services. And while telemedicine refers specifically to the remote clinical services, telehealth can refer to the remote non-clinical services, such okay. as provider training the administrator meetings and things. And so regarding the, the telehealth, can you describe some of the various um, platforms or programs that are available today? And then maybe what you use in your yes, role with that? Yes, thank you. I'm aware of programs using video conferencing where it is real, in-life, face-to-face type of of telemedicine, the patient is on the other end, the provider is on one end, and the video conferencing is live. And what we would consider synchronous, meaning that it's in real time. There are asynchronous platforms, whether it's video or photo images, 
And that is uh, uploaded and the provider can then look at these videos or images at a later time and do the assessment. And that's basically how we work. Our clinicians, uh, our home care clinicians go into the home and do their patient visit, including all the assessment, whether, you know, vital signs and lung sounds and all the all the checks that they would do on the patient. But part of that visit is also photo images of their wounds and ostomies. And at a later time then, asynchronously, we go into the chart and review the chart for the information, evaluate the treatment plan, evaluate the patient's progress, and can make recommendations and treatment recommendations based on, on that. So, it's, so yours is mainly based on photos. Correct. Do you, do you use, utilize the video? We don't. We, we did trial that. It wasn't wildly, uh, <laughs> didn't go so well okay. at this point, but we do see in the future that that would be a valuable portion of providing health care okay. in the rural areas. And so these are places that are generally don't have access to a WC nurse? Not or- particularly. We have around 13 agencies And we're located in large cities where there are WOC nurses, but our agency needs to provide the WOC nursing consultant role, and the best way to provide it is through this telemedicine. Okay. Um, We can't possibly go to every patient's home Mm -hmm. to, to do the assessment and provide the treatment protocol. So it's the most efficient use of our time. Okay. So generally, how is, uh, and I guess this is zooming out again um, to healthcare providers in general, how are they utilized in telehealth? I am aware of our area using providers, doctors, nurse practitioners to actually do visits with um, patients. So I have a sore throat. I call in to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, what are your symptoms? And they can actually prescribe medicine. But from my experience in telehealth, we're more of a consultant and we aren't able to prescribe or, you know, do treatments in that in that respect. So we we work with we work as a guide for the nurses and clinicians in the home care field. And then can you maybe talk a little bit more about the WOC nurse role in telehealth um, more specifically? Yes. Uh, And again, I'll speak mostly from our experience because maybe WOC nurses in a different location with a different platform work differently than we do. But uh, I am very excited about the way we work. So As I mentioned earlier, the nurses and clinicians go in the patient's home and do a complete evaluation. We have access to those records and we have access to the, usually have access to the patient's hospital records, um, depending on where they come from. Uh, We do get some notes if they're from an outside hospital, but for the most part, we have records that we can review and have a good history and background of the patient along with the current assessment that the patient or that the nurse has done in the home. We also have then the photos that they've taken and we educate our nurses 
They have to go through wound assessment, wound treatment classes, and therefore we feel like we get a pretty good picture of what's going on in the home based on their uh, level of expertise now that they've been trained and we can review those charts and um, get the information we need. After we've done a full evaluation, uh, which usually takes about you know a good 45 minutes if it's a new complicated patient, we will write up the evaluation and write up a treatment plan and recommendations. We then send that to the nurse case manager. The nurse case manager is then responsible for contacting the doctor and getting the follow-up orders and implementing the treatment plan along with ordering the supplies that they need in order to provide the care. So as you might see through all of this, we need nurses in the field to be experts as well because they have to know the treatment plans, they have to know uh, when, the doc when they call the doctor, they have to be able to substantiate why are we doing this treatment and just because we said it's our, our recommendation, they also need to be able to follow up on that and know what uh, supplies to order and, and then to do the wound care. So mm -hmm. they have to be pretty uh, experts as well. So a definite collaboration. Right, with everybody right. Involved. Absolutely. Are there uh, specific credentials or licensing required to practice telehealth? And does this differ from state to state? Well, uh, as I mentioned, our agencies are widespread. So we're in Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois. So from our perspective, we have to have a nursing license in each of those states in order to practice telehealth. And does it differ? Well, I, I'm not sure, but I, I know what we're, what, is, um, what we're required is to have a nursing license in each state. So the physician or the healthcare provider is the one officially signing off on those orders because the nurse then pursues those orders with them. Is that right? Correct. That's how that Correct. Works. Okay. Yes. So the nurse, the nurse contacts the provider, and the provider either okay's or doesn't. But but mm -hmm. once they get the order, then the nurse case manager is required to put those orders into the chart. Okay, that makes sense. So can you describe for us a typical? if there is such a thing, a typical day as a telehealth WOC nurse. And also, do you use all three scopes of your practice? In your surprisingly, role? yes, we do use all three scopes. And, and I was a little surprised myself. I came to home care about 11 years ago now. And at that time, uh, we went, we, we transitioned from doing the actual home care visits to providing the telehealth style of care. And we work as an educator, first of all. As I mentioned, we really need to get some strong clinicians in the field in order to provide the hands-on care. So we do the education and we primarily focus on wound and ostomy care. But incontinence care is a huge prevalent issue in home care. I can't, I, I should keep track, but I would guess about 90% of our patients wow. are marked as incontinent. I, I am usually surprised by that, but I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's a prevalent issue in home care, both male and female. 
So our typical day is to sign into the computer. Now I might be at home, I might be at the office, I might be remote uh, in a remote area, um, visiting my son in Connecticut or something like that. So I can be wherever I need to be uh, in order just to have, I just need Wi-Fi access. Sign into the computer and we sign into our platform programs and we can start evaluating and reviewing charts from that point. We have um, a program now that collates our patients and tells us which patients are the new patients and we focus on those first. As I mentioned, it takes about 45 minutes for a good chart review if they have some complex issues. And then we write up the evaluations for those new patients. Throughout the day, we rely heavily on communication from our clinicians via email. And it's a secure email. And we you know, collaborate on the patient care via email. And, and the reason email is so key is because we can include their supervisor, uh, the, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, other people that are caring for the patient can be on this email. And then uh, we are all in communication about what's going on with the patient. Right now, our current electronic healthcare platform doesn't allow for that type of communication about uh, what's going on with the patient. We really want to collaborate, work as a healthcare team and not be fragmented when we're out there and not understanding what's going on with the patient. Ideally, we would go into the patient's home and not have the patient have to repeat everything that has gone on with them. We want to have a good understanding of what's going on with the patient and the family. So after we've done the review of the chart and make the recommendations, as I mentioned throughout the day, we might have email questions about other patients. At the end of the day, we also might be able to circle back with some patients that we're worried about. Maybe there's a patient who has had some issues with keeping an ostomy pouch on, or they've had some sore peristomal skin and we can do a two-week follow-up, check in on their chart and see how they're doing. But we do rely pretty heavily on the clinicians contacting us. We may, throughout the day, have anywhere from 10 to 20 new patients, as well as be able to follow up with 10 other patients. So it's usually a very busy day. In a, in a different way, you know, we're not running the hallways like a lot of nurses. We're running our brains <laughs> and our email typing fingers. Mm -hmm. Did you ever go to typing school? <laughs> <laughs> I remember in high school, I yeah. thought, what am I going to use typing for? I am not going to be an administrative <laughs> assistant. And now I use typing all the time. So it, uh, never say never. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you ever um, have like emergent calls oh, like over the phone or is it mainly via email? Thanks for bringing that up. I, I Emergent, uh, yes, I guess I would call them emergent. Sometimes uh, nurses are in the home or clinicians, other physical therapists, occupational mm -hmm. therapy also, they're in the patient's home and they recognize what I would call a situation, you know, whether it's a wound care problem or ostomy mm -hmm. problem or something. 
they can take the photo and upload it into the electronic health record, send it to the server, and then they can call us and they say, I have transferred this photo, I don't know what to do, and we can have some real-time collaboration. Okay. So in that respect, we can respond to emergency situations. Um, and we do that pretty often. Okay. So that's <laughs> so, working in um, amongst those other patients that you've, yes, you're, yes. you're seeing, quote-unquote. Yes. Yeah. So, and is there a, when you say that 10 to 12 new and then 10 plus um, existing, is that a team of you or is that just you? That's managing that case. That would be each of us. Now there do okay. have there wow. there are six of us practicing in okay. this in our agency, but um, individually, I would say each of us touch at least twenty to twenty five patients yeah. a day. That's impressive. Yeah. Yes. That gives I think that gives a little bit more of a perspective, right? On the volume that you're exactly um, volume of patients that you're treating. Yeah, so. because prior to this, at best, we could do two to three patients, mm -hmm. and and that's you know, in your area. Mm -hmm. And now we can touch patients all over Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin. And so it does make a big difference yeah. being able to utilize technology to its highest level mm -hmm. in order to provide the care. Thank goodness for that typing class. That was your jumping off point <laughs> for, your, for your future. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so what are some advantages? I think you've touched on some, um, but maybe highlight some advantages of being a telehealth WFC nurse. Yes, I did kind of touch on that. But just the fact that telehealth utilizes the specialty of WFC nursing efficiently, as I mention the two to three patients per day in, in a rural setting, it, it resulted in a large amount of windshield time, large amount of windshield time. And, and that just is very non-productive. I mean, you can't, you shouldn't be texting or doing anything mm -hmm. while you're driving. And, you know, we don't have um, valet drivers or anything either. So, you know, you're out there driving around trying to find these patients' houses uh, which I was never very good at either, by the way. Thank <laughs> goodness for Google Maps. But um, we, we couldn't practice solely in our WOC profession at the visit. The other thing we needed to do was to do the full assessment. And if they had a high blood pressure, who's the nurse at the visit? It's me. So I would have to call the doctor about the blood pressure. It was so non-WOC nursing a lot of the time. So this Use of telehealth is just an immense uh, improvement in being able to practice at our highest level at, uh, and efficiently. That's awesome. And you also touched on being able to do it kind of wherever you need to be. Yes. Which I think yes. is, a, is a definite advantage oh too my, for some yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But what about some challenges? Of being a telehealth WC right. nurse. Yeah, you might imagine the number one challenge, I'm not there. I miss the patients and the families a lot. And uh, I really have to have some heart-to-heart -heart discussions with myself in the mirror about that sometimes. Uh, because I really do miss, and, and I feel like part of my gift is being with patients and their families. However, <laughs> this, is, this is the way we practice. Uh, we, we do have to rely on the ability of the nurse in the home. And if we feel like the nurse is not giving us a full assessment, you know, we have to really reach out, ask the right questions in order to get the information we need uh, in order to create a good treatment plan for them. 
So it's really important to train the clinicians in the homes to be able to provide that information we need. But I do miss I do miss the patients and families in person, but the rest of it is awesome. <laughs> well, and it just seems like you are touching and impacting so many lives. Mm-hmm. It's just not that face-to-face Correct. Uh, directly, but I bet yeah. there's lots yeah. of grateful patients yeah. out there. Well, and I you. think a lot of our colleagues, especially when we first started practicing this way, said, uh, you can't do that. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. But I would say I have a good example of, of one patient in particular that I can think of right now that I don't need to be there. And, and, and that's where it gets into asking the right questions. Um, you need the experience. You do need to have that hands-on experience prior to working as a telehealth WOC nurse. Absolutely. But in this particular case, uh, a patient was referred to us for a completely different reason Uh, Maybe it was lung-related or something. And the nurse noted um, some perianal breakdown and took a photo of it and sent it to me. And I took a look at it, and I I said, she needs a biopsy right now. That's not perianal damage due to moisture-associated skin damage. That looks like squamous cell carcinoma. And sure enough, there she goes. So that was my 45 minutes of assessment that just took that is what it took to get to that patient to to where she needed to be. So the expertise we get when we have had those years of experience in the field can translate to telehealth. Absolutely. It's invaluable, Mm -hmm. it seems like. Mm -hmm. So that actually segues perfectly into our closing question. Um, So you mentioned the experience, but what are some initial uh, steps for somebody that is uh, interested in pursuing this area of practice? Right. I absolutely need to be, you need to become an expert clinician in the field and, and several years of experience would be really helpful because it's uh, my philosophy that a person cannot practice telehealth without that hands-on experience in the field. Um, This experience helps to know what questions to ask the field nurses. It helps you anticipate what might be going on. You can then therefore guide them into their assessment and their at their visits, and you know what you're looking for then. So after becoming an expert in the field, if you really are interested in in practicing telehealth style of of WOC nursing, search the agencies that are on that cutting edge of healthcare and see who's out there that you could could help out. I I really think that more and more healthcare agencies will be going this route because it is such an efficient form of nursing and it is increasingly an important part of the American healthcare uh, infrastructure. Well, especially as our hospital stays get shorter and right. home care is so much a part of um, patients' continuum of care. Yes, um, that that yeah, that skill set is so needed. Yes, home care. We've <laughs> I don't know. We've gotten kind of a bad rap in the past. Um, you know, it's just sort of an afterthought. Like oh oh, home care, 
And actually, sometimes I think nurses and clinicians think it's a fluffy job to be in home care. It is not. You have to be uh, very hardworking um, and disciplined. You need to be able to be very organized uh, in order to manage the patient care in home care. You also have to be very patient um, and tolerant of some of the behaviors that they do in, in their own homes. They're in their own homes. We can't, um, you know, regulate them as much as you can in a hospital situation, for instance. So uh, it's, it's very rewarding, very gratifying to see patients in their homes, but it can be kind of um, uh, frustrating at times yes, as well. Yeah. Well, and there's no call light to push to right. somebody to help you. Well, um, and unfortunately, when the patients are discharged from the hospital, whether someone actually says it or what they think they hear, they think that home care is going to be their Johnny on the spot and, and be there daily to do their dressing changes and be out there all the time to do their ostomy pouching system changes. So their understanding of what home care is and what it really is are, um, are different things. There's a lot of disparity there. And a good thing to do would be to help the hospital nurses and doctors understand what home care is. I wish Absolutely. every one of them would have to rotate through a mm -hmm. home care setting just to understand what we go through, what our clinicians go I through every day. I completely agree. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Well, well, thank you so much, Mary. This has been so great. And I think this is um, such an important topic because like you mentioned, I think telehealth is um, definitely part of our future. Um, and very cool to have it be part of our WOC nursing role as well. So thank you. Thank I'm very you. passionate about it as well. Yes, it shows. It's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us slash professional.